Hello, what are you drinking this week? Whatever it is, grab it, take your seat. You're very welcome at the table. Thank you for joining me. This is Table Conversation and I am Craig Story. So how are you this week? I really do hope, hope is the word of the day today, by the way. Yeah, I do hope that you're well and doing the best that you can right now. Well, thanks for getting in touch about last week's episode with Susie. If you haven't listened yet, it really is worth a listen. Susie and I have been sharing the feedback throughout the week, so I do know how much it means to her that you've you've got in touch and passed on your messages of support. What was also interesting to hear was how many people are battling to be heard and to find justice for themselves. And one quote um, from a private message really did hit me, and this was from someone who lost their job by standing up to a leader. I stood up to them at great cost to myself, financially, mentally and physically. It could have been so different if others who were witnesses had supported me. Others were culpable by their silence. Now that conversation certainly made me think about how I would react in the future. Sitting in the corner, not wanting to get involved is not really a sustainable option. You do have to call bullying behaviour out and you never know, you could be the next target if you don't. And... I always think that if I see someone treating somebody unfairly or unfavourably, then I always think, well, if they can treat someone else like that, what, what's to stop them from treating me like that? It's a bit like when you see rudeness in a restaurant and if the tables were turned, I was working in the restaurant, what's to stop them being rude to me? I mean, being rude is a bit different to, to being a damn right bully, um, but it just shows you, it just makes you think how people behave towards others is very often the way that they can and have the ability to behave towards you too. If you have a story that you'd like to share, maybe it's a challenge you've faced and overcome, or maybe it's something you've lived with for a while, or maybe you've got some life hacks or advice or skills that you could pass on, or maybe it's something just really funny that you just want to share and have a giggle about, please get in touch and we can arrange to get you around the table, virtually of course, across all social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at IamCraigStory, or email me, craig at IamCraigStory.com. So here in the UK this week, we reached rather a bleak milestone, didn't we? I'm really sorry if you've been avoiding the news, but we reached the milestone of 100,000 deaths related to COVID. And that's people who have tested positive within 28 days of their death. I'm very aware there are thoughts across a lot of people about how these numbers are recorded and what the numbers actually mean. But when you stop and think about 100,000 people, my personal view, if that was just one of those people was someone that I loved and cared about, it wouldn't matter if they had an underlying condition, if they were over 70, if they're over 80. It's almost as if some people say, if once you've reached a certain age, that it's okay for you to be in hospital dying. If that was your grandparent, your mum, your dad, or one of your relatives, I think I'd be feeling pretty angry right now. And I think we all want and deserve some honesty about why lessons haven't been learnt over the last year. I mean, I've written to my own MP. I mean, this isn't a political podcast, so I know that's a real turn-off, so do stick with me for a couple of minutes, you'll see where I'm going with this. There is a saying that people who don't run railways are very good at telling those that do how to run railways. So, But I just think there's been some blatant misgivings, and it's felt better by putting those into an email and getting them off my chest. And I don't know, you've grown to know me over the podcast and in fairness I try to seek balance somebody described me as the voice of reason this last week but I'm not sure I'm always that reasoned but I 
I do try to seek balance and some people would say that's sitting on the fence but I, I don't agree with that because I think that everything in life is about balance and compromise and finding the middle ground because we're never all going to be in the, in the same pathway and I think that two conversations this week highlighted to me perfectly the spectrum that we're all on so first off it's no secret that I've got someone very close to me in my family who's a critical care nurse. She works at a smaller hospital. And we had a conversation the week about how things are looking for her at the moment. And she told me to be careful what I'm doing because in her hospital, the IT unit was full. As soon as a bed becomes available, larger hospitals from the city of Birmingham want to fill those beds. And at that point in that week, the nearest ITU bed that was available, if I, if God forbid that I needed it or anyone else that I knew needed it, was in Newcastle, which is 200 miles away from where I live. So, so not only does she have the worry of the health of her family, but obviously the stresses and pressure of working in a congested hospital where, I don't know, maybe more beds should have been made available over the in between the first wave and the second wave. Again, that's something that the politicians have to answer for. And I also spoke to one of my friends who works in hospitality, very uncertain um, business at the moment, doesn't think he'll reopen his business after the pandemic. So he's really angry about lockdowns and all the restrictions that are in place. Whereas on the flip side, my relative who works in the hospital is pleased that the cases are falling because of the lockdowns and people not gathering together and socializing all those kind of things so I saw two very different ends of the spectrum and it's I guess for me it's finding that middle balance and that's the pressure on the government and our MPs so I kind of did sit back and thought in fairness it's not very often that I give sympathy to MPs or any any sort of government ministers but I did think, you know what, that one MP is representing both of those people and representing me. So I know it's not easy. I can imagine it's not easy because I do have a broad spectrum of people that I do talk to over the week and everybody's sitting at a different level. So I'm not saying it's easy representing all those different levels. That's it. That is the sympathy that I have. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't have any more. And that's all they're going to get, I'm afraid. Do you know, it also makes me realise I am really grateful and I appreciate having people, both family and friends in my life, who are at different places and they often have different viewpoints and it might seem like a strange idea, but I think it's quite normal to have friends who don't share all of my views and it makes for far better conversations and it's possible to disagree with someone without getting nasty or personal and that's okay. There's one of my friends I know will be listening right now and Sometimes I do stop him in his tracks and I'll say, are you giving me that statement as bait to just rile me up and get me and fire me off? And you know who you are, Lee. Uh, <laughs> you always do that to me when we're having these kind of debates. But yeah, so I think it's really important to have people on the different levels of the spectrum. So having friends in my circle who aren't the same age as me, friends that their first language isn't English, they've grown up in different countries. And being sociable with people that are from different social class backgrounds. And to me, that's seeing the whole world and it offers the, the biggest opportunity for growth. And it's if you're not careful, it is very easy to slip into this echo chamber, as they call it. And if you've not heard of the statement before, the Oxford English Dictionary describes it as an environment where a person only encounters information or opinions that reflect and reinforce their own. We can often seek um, information, videos, statements, articles that just reinforce our, our own beliefs. And we've got to be very careful to make sure that we keep all of our sources broad and be open 
to different opinions and different challenges of your viewpoints. And I know it's more difficult than ever right now. And I know for a lot of people, people that I speak to weekly, that it feels like we're in a real mess. And some days it feels like there is no hope. I keep saying it on here. Hold on in there. It'll be okay. So I'd like to share this week why I keep saying that. So today, let's talk about the importance of hope. Now, a question that I'm often asked is, how do you stay so positive? Well, the truth is, I'm not always positive. And you can just ask my family or my friends that question. Well, you probably know from listening to me, I'm not I'm not positive all of the time. And I think even in the most normal of times, to stay positive all of the time would be near on impossible. And the most important part of my own well-being isn't really just thinking about staying positive. And it's it's something that people say all the time, isn't it? Oh, you've just got to stay positive. And without anything sort of tangible or something that you can grab hold of and take forward, it's a bit of a loose statement. And the most important part of my well-being, I think, is the ability to to be able to be and to remain hopeful. And it's something that sometimes is hit with resistance. Some people say to me, you're not living in reality. That's an ideal. How? Don't build your hopes. That's ridiculous. And I had it last week, in fact, because I've been talking about booking a trip to Australia for November. And even though the chances may be that by November, travel restrictions won't have been lifted and the Australian government might not let me in, but it gives me hope of something for, for the future if I book that trip in November. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I'll get my money back. But um, one of my friends said, oh, you're just being ridiculous. There's no point booking that time off work, booking that flight, because it's not going to happen. You're just not being realistic. But I'm still going to book it because it gives me hope. And I'd argue that reality and hope can both exist together. I can see the reality of the situation. I'm not stupid, but I'm just looking for some hope within it and something to to give me hope for what the future will look like. And I don't know, um, but for me, it's about having that ability to glean out those little glimmers of hope when they present themselves to us. And it can be really difficult, can't it? Because one day it's good news. We've got a vaccine. We're moving forward. Everybody's getting jabbed. The next, it's new restrictions in place. And we're going to have challenges ahead. And for me, now is the right time to focus on hope. And hope isn't just about positive thinking. It's about having that motivation to, to move forwards and move towards our future goals. And as I said, it is difficult, but it is a really valuable tool to sort of practice and have and think about because never have we needed to understand and to get to grips with hope more than right now. And with that in mind, it like I said, it can be really hard right now to find hope and stay hopeful. And listening to, hearing stories about the pandemic, the impact of it on people's lives, people's incomes, relationships with each other, other health issues that are getting missed, and all that coupled up and grouped together with the fact that we can't see each other right now makes hope really hard to think about. Yet somehow we really have to, and we have to hope for the future, because if we lose hope, then we lose everything. Without it, without hope, it means that we're here forever. We're in this problem. And without it, we don't have the belief that things will get better. And I don't think anything can change. Nothing can get better without hope. And hope is that belief that things will get better. And holding on to that has real power. 
Hope is the thing that makes us take that first step in in the direction of where we're going. And being open to things being better is is what gets us out of bed at the moment, isn't it? Without it, if you think about your past, you wouldn't have wanted to try a new project or a new task. We wouldn't want to make those changes that have turned out for the better in our lives. And things are tough right now for most of us in one way or another. We've probably all reached a, a point where we felt like giving up. And hope is what gives us the strength to persevere and to carry on. And I'm a great believer that hope brings solutions to us. And if back in Oxford last January, those scientists didn't have hope of finding a vaccine that could prevent people getting sick, then we wouldn't be in the position we're in right now. And we know that vaccines are part of that solution to this pandemic. So without hope, and that's just one example of where hope has given us the solutions. So where do we find hope? Or where, what gives you hope? Tell me. My, my friend Sarah told me this week that she'd bought daffodils as they were her hope flowers. And I think nature is always a good point to start with when we think about hope. Um, the consistency of it gives me hope every day. And I think being at home for the whole year now, or oh, I haven't been home for the whole year, that's a, that's a blatant lie, but being not far from home for a whole year means that I feel like I've seen the full circle. I feel like I could write a film, maybe the, the circle of life. So I've told you before, I'm a twitcher now, <laughs> following my birds, seeing what they're up to. There's no signs of a pandemic in their world, let me tell you. And they, they definitely don't social distance. They're looking for their mates. I mean, at least someone's mating around here. and they, They'll soon be building their nests. They're ready to have their babies. And nature just carries on, doesn't it? And it makes me believe and that there's something much bigger at play here. There's something greater than us here. And the, when you even think about each day, the sun and moon, they carry on in their cycles and even though we might feel that the world has stopped it's still spinning and nature tells us that and shows us that every single day science is also what gives me hope and I've mentioned the vaccine earlier and what science has achieved in such a short space of time does give me hope for long-standing medical conditions things that have been around for absolutely years if you think about what's been achieved in terms of a covid vaccine then why can't the treatments for things such as cancer or heart disease, things that are the biggest killers? And yeah, so I think that it gives me hope that more can be achieved there too. And science can improve our lives in, in so many different ways. And kindness gives me hope. And seeing so many people that I know and are some of my friends, they're volunteering with places like St. John's Ambulance, the Royal Voluntary Service and they're supporting the NHS and some of my friends are even training others in how to offer vaccinations now and then you've got the Jab Army that have been inundated with people volunteering to help and that fills me with hope that when the need has been there people have put themselves forward and I see kindness between my own neighbours too. I mean, I've been cooking meals for one of my neighbours who's on her own. And this week I had a big delivery of lilies from one of my neighbours. So I think that kindness gives me hope and seeing how people, when everything's stripped back, how kind people can be to each other. And I had a, my own story of kindness this week, really small one, but I was at the drive-thru at KFC ordering my vegan burger and I forgot to order some sweet chilli sauce, got to the window where you collect it asked for it and the the woman there said it oh they're actually 30p you've missed it it's okay don't worry about it i'm not going to put 30p onto onto my card 
it's absolutely fine. And she said, do you know what? You're my kindest customer of the day. So here you go. Here's the sauce. And I know it's only 30p. And she also backed that up with, she says, no, let no one ever tell you that kindness doesn't have its rewards. And an interaction at the KSC drive through who would have thought it? But it just shows you that kindness is out there. And another thing that's out there that I see in people that in these challenging times, I'm seeing real strength. And that gives me hope. I'm seeing that strength of character in people that I know and people that I love they're facing daily challenges and people are finding strength in their their voice to challenge and to stand up and be counted a bit like Susie who was on the podcast last week when pushed into the darkest of times I think it gives some people the push to stand up and be heard and there's only so much that they will take from a certain situation or whatever's going on uh, and they want to be heard and I, I know that's not for everyone don't get me wrong but I'm, it gives me hope that I see more and more people standing up for what's right at the moment. Something else that gives me hope is when I take a break from the news. And I've talked about that with you many times, but sometimes you just need that break. Gratitude is another one. And somebody was telling me about the, a, a practice that they do is that they find three things that they're grateful for that day. And it could be anything really random. It could just be that I'm really grateful for the hot water that runs through my taps. I'm really grateful for the roof over my head. Or it could be something bigger that's happened within your day. And um, another person I know does a minute where they just rant of all the things that they're grateful for in that day. And they research has shown that it's a more effective treatment gratitude than self-control patience or forgiveness in creating hope for the future so gratitude and thinking about all the things that you're grateful for that fills us with hope for our future when we look back in the history books if you just look at some of the challenges and some of the adversity the world has faced in the past uh, along with its population I mean, there may be different circumstances to what we're going through right now, but there's been times in the world's history where no one could see solutions, yet one came and the world carried on. So the most important message when it comes to finding hope is to have a look around you, open your eyes and find what gives you hope. Share it. Let me know what gives you hope. One final thought about hope. Nothing stayed the same forever, and that definitely gives me hope in this moment right now. If you need someone to talk to in confidence, then I will share some helpline contact details in the episode notes. Bit of a shorter episode this week, but I think it's really quite a powerful message that I wanted to share and get out there about hope because I know a lot of people are struggling right now and it's it's the most important time to think about the future and how we move forward into that. As always, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app of choice. That way you'll never miss an episode. Please leave me a review or a rating. You can leave your comments on the website episodes, www.iamcraigstory.com. Please share this with friends, family, or even a random person in your street if you think they may enjoy joining us at the table. Until the next time, keep talking. Keep talking.